Truth Espresso, episode 275. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso, to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. <sighs> this is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hello there, friends, family, foes, and lurkers alike. This is your host, Daniel Minnick, and I have with me my sweet, beautiful wife and co-host, Chelsea. Welcome to this special New Year's episode. As we are recording this, we are getting close to midnight New Year's Eve, and so we will be ringing in the new year. And as you listen to this episode, it will be 2024. Thank you, sweetheart, for doing this special New Year's episode with me. It's a pleasure to do this with you. So New Year's, it's all about recognizing, of course, a new year and new things. And I know for Christmas, there's lots of new things because people get gifts and new things. I know you got me a new grill that I'm going to try out and... Yeah, we get lots of new things for Christmas, and then now we're preparing for a new year to make new commitments, new resolutions, new goals, new whatevers. So I have a thought right quick about newness, because if something's going to be new, does it have to be old previously? Hmm. You mean like if something's renewed? Well, we know that Solomon in Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. So I guess that shoots down everything about New Year's Day. It's no, (laughs) (laughs) not exactly that same meaning. Well, as we go through like what are the different types of newness or new things that we see through the scriptures, It just seems like there's a theme of it's not necessarily like something brand new, but it's looking at what God has done, looking at what was done before, looking at how God has redeemed us, how he has rescued us, saved us, got us through things. And upon that reflection, having this new look or outlook in what's to come or this like hope, I think, in a lot of ways. So I was just wondering if that could be considered something old that you're looking at, or is that more of like a reflection looking mm. back at what God has done and brought you through? New and improved, or something new can be entirely brand new, like it has no, it's its own category or something, if you're thinking of that, or something could be like you have a brand new car, like someone can own a Honda Civic and then have an old one and then sell that and get a new Honda Civic, but it's still in that same category. You can renew something, revamp it, but then like what we're going to look at in the Bible, yeah, it teaches us something about the old and you can have something new that's like a successor, a sequel or something like that. And it's better and it's more forward looking. 
and also to reflect on things that have led up to it. And good question, sweetheart, because I think that's kind of what we're going to look at as we look through some new things in the Bible. So as we prepare to embrace a new year, let us think of the new year in terms of the news in the Bible. (laughs) I didn't mean news as in headlines, but new things. So the first new from the Bible we'd like to look at, there are several mentions of a new song. Now, could have put all the references, but we have a few here. Psalm 149 verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. And then in Psalms 40, verse 3, we see the Bible says, And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. What is this new song that the Bible talks about several times, mostly in Psalms, and there's also reference in Revelation about the elders around the throne in heaven singing a new song that reflects the worthiness to the Lamb. But we see that we're not to forget the past, as we even talked about in the last episode about Ebenezer Scrooge. You know, you have the headstones, you have remembrance, and songs are to remember things, but why are we instructed to have a new song in our mouth? Like, why can't we just sing the same crusty old songs that we've sung for hundreds and hundreds of years? What about new songs? What is this about? Sing to the Lord a new song. Do you have any ideas about that, sweetheart? (laughs) Like, what do you think it means in the Bible about singing to God a new song? So I was specifically looking at the Revelation passage because I thought it was kind of neat to see how you had some new songs in the Old Testament and then some in what could be future things that happen here in Revelation. And so Revelation chapter 5 verse 9, it says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by the blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. So I think the new song talking in here is about how God is the one that redeems us. We have a new song because he conquered. He has bought us with his blood. He is the king of kings. And earlier in this chapter, it just reminded me, A lot of these verses are based on that new song that we sing at church. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Is he worthy? (laughs) And it's just talking about, okay, who is worthy to open the scroll? And in Revelation 5 here, John looked around and he saw no one was worthy. But then he saw, okay, but wait, the lamb stood. And he was the one that was worthy to open this. And so I think just that new song is kind of that reflection of what God has done in our lives, what God has done in Psalms, more specifically, what he has done to deliver God's people all through history at that point. And just having that new song of, wait, let's stop and think and reflect on, wow, look at what God did for us. He delivered us out of bondage. He delivered us from the enemy. He delivered us from our sins. Like there's so many places that we can sing that new song because we're reflecting on 
wow, this is what God did in our midst. Exactly, sweetheart, because Revelation 5, 9 there, where it talks about singing a new song because Jesus, even at the time this was written, he had powerfully arrived on the scene, the incarnation, his death, burial, resurrection, and yeah, what he has done to purchase people with his blood requires a new song, (laughs) a song of praise to update on what has happened amazingly and yeah so that's what i think even as the psalmist is talking about as the psalmist writes it's been quite a few hundred years since the time of moses so the idea is that a new song reflects on recent events seeing how god has worked even now as we know him to have worked in the past For instance, an old song for Israel would have been the song in Exodus 15, and that's also paralleled in one of the Psalms about the deliverance from Egypt. And yes, the Israelites would keep singing that song, but recognizing how God has delivered or blessed them in later times would demand new songs. And it's good to keep singing the old songs and singing about how God delivered them from Egypt, but then hey, they were in captivity, and then God would amazingly deliver them from captivity. So sing to God a new song about how he delivered you from the newer enemies. And so whether we're composing new songs or singing, or even if the idea is, hey, in your mind, just the attitude of thinking and speaking joyfully as in song, we should have a heart of a new song to remember and reflect on what God has done for us this last year. So as we're starting this next year, let's sing new songs about remembering what God did for us this past year. I think it's just a beautiful picture too to think of. God's done amazing things in each person's life. So our new song would be different than someone else's new song and just thinking of all these different ways that we can reflect and proclaim that praise and thankfulness to what God has done in our lives. It's like, oh, that's so cool. You just think of this beautiful masterpiece of all these different ways God has worked with different people and Definitely, sweetheart. So as we progress through the newness in scriptures, we see that there is a New Testament. Not just the sections of... (laughs) Not just what we call the New Testament books, but (laughs) mentions of a New Testament. And a New Testament is like a new proclamation, or we're proclaiming something new. And in 1 Corinthians, we see in chapter 11, verse 25, it says... After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Oh, there's a remembrance again. (laughs) (laughs) By doing something that reflects something new and remembering what Jesus has done, and also 2 Corinthians 3, 6, the same Apostle Paul to the same Corinthian church says, who also, referring to Jesus, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And so what Paul's saying, reflecting on, remember the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, the law given to Israel, 
we're not saying discard the law or throw it away or something in such a way that it's like, oh, this is garbage. The Apostle Paul says the law is good if one use it lawfully and we recognize the meaning. The law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. The law reflects the righteousness of God and it also teaches us of our need of a Savior. And so Jesus comes in fulfillment of the law and the prophets and the New Testament or the New Covenant is in his blood shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so that we're ministers of a new covenant covenant, the New Testament, and this ministry is not of destroying the law, but fulfilling the law, and of recognizing that it's the spirit of the law that we proclaim. What did the law really teach us? And Jesus, the person and work of Jesus, is what the fullness of what the law teaches us by the spirit of the law, and not just by the letter, like Oh yeah, you had the sacrifices, you had some civil ordinances and stuff, and those are all good, but they're not the ultimate fulfillment, and someone trying to live by the letter of that law doesn't have the fulfilled truth of Jesus Christ, and like, what did that all teach? What did that all reflect? Well, it's the new covenant in the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And so the New Testament, the New Covenant, is what helps us to remember the person who forgives sins by his work. And we don't get our sins forgiven by works that we do, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. So let us remember that every year since Christ is, as said, in the year of our Lord, And so, if we are committing to anything this new year, we should strive to apply the new covenant in the blood of Christ to our living, remembering. So, let this new year be a year that we remember and apply the truth of that new covenant in the blood of Christ to our thinking and our deeds. Okay, I'm going to switch up gears here a little bit. (laughs) I had to look up a couple humor things to inject in here. So, what is the difference between a youth and a middle-aged person on New Year's Eve? On New Year's Eve? Mm-hmm. Mm. Let me guess. Um, the youth has more of a likelihood of staying up till midnight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty close. Oh, okay. Well, when you're a youth, you're allowed to stay up late on New Year's Eve. When you're middle-aged, you're forced to stay up. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, we feel that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Although our kids are usually pretty tired and they're not staying up till midnight, so that's okay. (laughs) Okay, so I have one more for you. What is a New Year's resolution? That sounds like a deep question, (laughs) but I'm sure the answer, the real answer for this joke isn't so deep, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So what is a New Year's resolution? (laughs) Something that goes in one year and out the other. One year and out the other. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good one. How about this one? Where should you go to practice math on New Year's Eve? Math on New Year's Eve? Who's going to practice math? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe if you're in New York, uh, you know. 
Times Square. Good job, babe. Wow, good guess. <laughs> <laughs> Times Square. That's where you go on New Year's Eve because yeah. that's where all the countdown and the big ball drops. And so stuff, you thought so. people were waiting for the big ball to drop. Maybe they're going there to practice math because it's <laughs> Times Square. <laughs> How about this one? This is a joke, so I'm not asking you a legitimate question. Do you have a date for New Year's Eve? <laughs> You. (laughs) (laughs) I do. It's December 31st. Ah, Mm. nice. (laughs) Good job. That was fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give a little comic relief as we're thinking of serious new things from the Bible. (laughs) Hello, I'm Melba Toast, host of Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women centered on Sola Scriptura, the doctrine that the scriptures are all we need for salvation and spiritual living. This podcast takes the popular evangelical women's ministry teachings and philosophies and compares them to scripture to show just how sufficient it is to thoroughly equip and train us to be women who glorify God in all we do, trust in Christ and all he has done, and to live out and proclaim the gospel day by day. So I hope you'll tune in to Thoroughly Equipped, which you can find on most podcast apps, Striving for Eternity's Christian Podcast Community, or look me up on the web at ttew.org. So we've talked about what it means to have a new song, what it is when we talk about a New Testament. So what's another new category that we see in Scripture? Let's see. So we also have a new creation. This is a Paulism. Apostle Paul talks about this thing of a new creature, a new creation. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I'm trying to think of the, the way the English word works to translate from the Greek here. It's like creature or creation. It kind of means the same thing. It's just that which is created. Because when we're thinking of creature from English, we're thinking of some living thing or a critter or something like that. And then creation, we're thinking of the cosmos or the world in general. But yeah, just the Greek word just means that which is created. So if any man and be in Christ, he is a new creation, new creature, a newly created thing. And he says, old things are passed away. All things are become new. We don't become a completely different species or something. You know, this is where we're talking about earlier. It's almost like a new and improved <laughs> type of thing, I guess. I was thinking of it like a regeneration because mm. when you accept Christ as your savior and the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in you, then he regenerates your heart and mm. there's that he indwells in you because now your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that's, it's not something that just happens once. It's like a constant renewal, constant, I guess, maybe active process of renewing too, because I think when it says the old things are passed away, like you still have that sin nature. So it's not that you never sin again. Yeah, the old things have passed away at that moment, but then it's something that you have to continually do. Like 
I mean, later in Paul's works too, when he's talking about that you want to think about your body as a temple and what are you doing to your body? You don't want to be doing harmful things because that's where the Holy Spirit is dwelling. So if you're just kind of gliding through life and not (laughs) reflecting on those good things that Christ has done for you, then you're not renewing that song. You're not causing that regeneration that keeps you in that new creation thing. I don't think this is making sense. I'm like trying to get it to come out of what I'm thinking in my brain. But Paul talks about the inward man is renewed day by day. He talks about put on Christ. You have statements from him like this that's saying old things are passed away. It's an aorist participle there. It is passed away. All things are become new. You have this absolute statement like that. Once you're in Christ, your destination has been changed. Your trajectory has been changed. And now that is all gone. You can say sayonara to it and then all things are become new but that doesn't end the battle with the flesh the old man you know and our constant having to like walk according to the spirit of god and not quench the spirit but we still know that being conformed to the image of christ where we have our final destination to be with christ we're running for the prize attaining unto the resurrection of the dead you know like we see this goal before us that we're going toward, but we're not earning it by our works, but we're striving toward it, if that makes any sense. It's there ahead of us. We see it. We're heading toward it. And so some things like we recognize in totality in the final destination has now changed the moment you're in Christ. And then every day with sanctification, you're dealing with the battles as you know that the war is won. Yeah, (laughs) if that makes sense. That sounds a little prettier than what I was trying to say. (laughs) In our next verse from Paul is Galatians 6.15, where he says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. So we recognize it's not the state of one's body in the law of circumcision that determines one standing before God. So whether one is circumcised or uncircumcised is not the question. To be or not to be, that is the question, but a new creature a new creation. So whether Jew or Gentile, in whatever state they may be in that regard, that's not the question. But whether they're a new creature, whether they're in Christ. So this year, this new year, let us reflect on what Christ has done for us, not merely as a past event, but that he has recreated us in him. So let that promise and let that assurance that the Apostle Paul gives us here of old things are passed away, all things are become new, be a reality in our lives this new year as we live the Christian life. You know, I think it helps as we helps us if we always remind us of this assurance that we have. And I love this next and final new category. Because it kind of goes along with the one we were just talking about. So we had so far a new song, a new testament, a new creation. And now this one, we're looking at a new man. What are some Bible verses that kind of talk about what it means to be a new man? 
So we see, like in Paul's prison epistles, he kind of talks more about this Ephesians and Colossians, which both have a lot of overlap there. In Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, he says that ye put off concerning the former conversation or conduct, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And then the kind of parallel in Colossians 3, 9 through 10, Paul says, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So like you mentioned before, this seems to relate to the new creation, but we should remember that it's not all passive, and it's kind of interesting with these two passages. They seem to be parallel. In Ephesians, Paul seems to be giving an imperative, put off the old man, put on the new man. And then in the Colossians passage, he says, seeing that you have put off the old man and you have put on the new man. So how do we understand that? The command to put off and to put on, and also don't do this seeing that you have put off the old man and have put on the new man. How do we make sense of that? I think it kind of relates, as I said, to the new creation. We have both the past and proleptic view, like the past, that this has happened, this will happen, and then we also have the present view of we do have the duty to live in light of that. And so I think it's possible for the apostle to say, you have put off, you have put on, but also to say, therefore, put off and put on. And I think it's kind of understanding the difference between like justification and sanctification. You know, you are justified. You have been justified and you are being sanctified. Now live in light of that. Continue your sanctification. I don't know if this would be a really complicated answer, but how is it like a conscious thing that you have to do each day? For example, saying today I'm going to put on the new man and put off the old man. Or is it something that we do like putting on the new man is what happens as a result of being in prayer, reading scripture, reflecting on what God's done for you throughout the day, having those conversations with God. And I mean, it sounds a little similar to just even the armor of God. Like, is it something that you're actively saying today, I'm going to put on the shield and the helmet and like having to go through each thing like that? Or is it something that as you're reflecting and engaging in this relationship with Christ throughout the day, is that what results from that? Good question there, Sihar. And I think it probably could be both. I mean, I tend to be the one to be more like it kind of comes up and you do what you need to do at the time and stuff like that. Or it makes me think of in the, the message this morning that we had in church. At the beginning, pastor asked people to raise their hands. He asked two questions And he's like, you're going to answer one of these, so you're either going to raise your hand on one or raise it on the other. So the first one had to do, he's asking questions about the new year. 
When it comes to New Year, are you a someone who makes resolutions? You're a goal setter. You're going to say, okay, at the start of this new year, I'm going to set these goals and I'm going to do them and stuff. And then, you know, some people raise their hands and then the other ones is like, okay, and now how many of you are more like, um, I just make corrections as I go along. If I find myself, oop, this wasn't too good. I'm going to correct it from now on. But you don't necessarily like just set goals from the start. You just make improvements and corrections as you find the need and other people. And that's, I raised my hand at that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I tend to be more of a just, oh, fix it and move on fix it and move on and stuff and so you can't raise your hand for both <laughs> yeah it seems like okay they're not technically mutually exclusive but it's probably more like what do you find yourself more aligned with <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think maybe for some people it's like for their sanctification it's best for them to be like in the morning, I'm going to pray and ask God, help me to put on the armor of God. If I just somehow remind myself in this morning, soul put on the armor of God, and then maybe that helps their day. And then other people are more like just, okay, I'm going out to conquer and something comes up, put on that helmet, put on the breastplate. That sounds almost like it's careless, but for some people where I would probably be more like that, It's just like you deal with things as they come. And some people, it's like, okay, you find yourself in a situation, then you pray fervently and you experience sanctification through reaching out to God in the moment of need and putting on the armor of God. When Paul's telling you to put on the armor of God, I think you're always putting on the armor of God. It's not taking off and putting on pieces of it. (laughs) You know, I don't think that's what he's saying, but like how you're prepared with the armor of God. Some people, it's probably more like, God, in this morning, helping me to remind me to make sure that I'm clad today in a way. And other people like, okay, I'm putting it on when I'm in battle. So what happens if you're putting it on when you're in battle? (laughs) You get pierced first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm probably not thinking of actually getting pierced, but (laughs) I see the arrows coming from a mile away. Okay, I'm I'm ready now. Rather than, okay, I got the armor on a while ago and then now I'm... Yeah. I don't know if the analogy is going to be able to stand much longer, but <laughs> <laughs> I think if I've gotten the idea that there's somewhat a flexibility there with temperaments and stuff for how people deal with sanctification, whether they have to remind themselves earlier to help them through the day, or if they're like, here's a situation, I approach God. Here's a situation, I approach God. God, get me through this. And Yeah, and it seems like there would have to be some flexibility in there too because each situation we encounter is going to be different Mm -hmm. because i know like personally some days i know tomorrow's there's a lot going on there's going to probably be a lot of spiritual battles I want to prepare for that ahead of time. So I feel like I've had that conversation or that reflection in time with God before going into that. But then other times battles just come out of nowhere. So then you have to kind of be prepared for that as well. So Hmm. I think that definitely makes sense. Thank you for explaining that. I'm really hoping that I made some sense as it's after 1130, you know, a New Year's Eve. (laughs) So a new song 
a new testament or covenant, a new creation or creature, a new man. And we hope that these new things from the Bible, as we look for preparing for a new year, that you'll take these uh, new things from the Bible and apply them to this new year, and that they'll be helpful reminders day by day, week by week, month by month, or just in general throughout the year, and that, you know, they're very helpful in just sometimes we need good reminders from the Bible and how to live a sanctified Christian life. We need encouragement. We need a reminder of God's faithfulness and his salvation and to sing a new song about what God has done for us even this past year. And so we hope that you enjoyed this New Year's episode of Truth Espresso and God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.